0: For many years, alleged alien abductees have reported strange metallic devices being implanted into them. But is there any credence to what they claim, and what purpose could such devices be for? Join myself and Neil as we delve into the topic of alien implants. is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a
1: professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it?
0: Welcome back, everyone, to Aliens Explored, a weekly podcast where we discuss UFOs and aliens and other otherworldly events. Uh, I'm Stu Jackson. And I'm Neil Kelly. And this week uh, we're discussing a particularly interesting subject. We are talking about alien implants. Now, Neil, had you come across at at least the term alien implants before Um, I said we were going to discuss this? I, I think I'd only heard of them vaguely.
1: I think I'd heard of people who claim to have been abducted by aliens, um, also claiming that the, the aliens had implanted something into them, a tracking device or a mind control device. Um, these, of course, are the people who have to wear tin foil hats to stop, the alien, um, to stop the alien signal transmitting to the thing that they've implanted into their head and, uh, and controlling their mind. Um, that's what I'd heard about it. Um, so I had a bit of a read on um what's what's been called alien nanotechnology, which is about um you know tiny mm. tiny foreign objects being removed from from people's bodies um a lot of them seem to be just you know they they've just got a fragment of glass or or something lodged into their feet or hands or shins where they've they've fallen. And, and the skin has scarred over it until eventually it, it, it comes up. Objects can stay under the skin for a very long time. A friend of mine was in a car crash where he ended up, he was in the back seat and he ended up going out through the rear windscreen. And yeah. um, it made a real mess of his face. His face is still, still scarred from it. But decades later, occasionally he would get, would be like a, a spot, a little pimple. And he'd squeeze it and a little right. a little sliver of a little a little glass splinter would come out with the with the pus. So this stuff was just working his way around his body. So yeah, we do we do pick up stuff like that. Um now there there's um a lot of these just seem to be fairly mundane things. The the people mainly people who believed in who were u- keen UFologists, believed in UFOs, believed they'd been abducted, suddenly finding something yeah, which might turn out to be an ingrowing hair or whatever. Until we get to someone called patient seventeen. And uh, a doctor Roger is it pronounced Lears? That was his um
0: Lears. Doctor Dr. Lears, Dr. yes Lears. indeed. Well I think just to to pick up on something you just um mentioned there, I think I think there's an interesting parallel um between the alien implants or, from what you just said and Kind of UFOs in general. Hmm. UFOs, as, as we know, stands for unidentified flying object. All right, There's, yes. it's when taken literally, it doesn't imply aliens. It doesn't imply otherworldly visitors or anything like that. It is literally just an object in the sky that we don't know what it is. Well, now, if, if you take many, it, many and cases, it, and its
1: literal, if, if you take it as its literal meaning, if, if you're a radar operator. You'd say well there's something on our screens that we can't identify. But I think um I think when lay people talk about UFOs they do mean
0: aliens. They they do, but but here's the thing, I think many UFOs, I'm I'm even gonna go out on a limb and say probably most UFOs are Mundane in origin, they're terrestrial mm. in origin. They're they're explainable, perhaps just not at that moment. But it's the mm. it's kind of the core of them. It's that it's the small number that can't be explained away terrestrially mm. or, or with a a reasonable certainty of it being something from Earth. Um, and it's the same with alien implants, like you say we do pick up these things, you know i mean if you work in any you know i've I've known many people work with sheet metal and yeah you get metal splinters and and bits of filing sort of get into cuts and under the skin and um and and yeah, it can be years later they work themselves out and yes, I think many cases where people have these implants or oh, i'm saying implants um like they've been put in. Where, where people have these foreign objects mm. inside them, yes, I think that. And again, going out on a limb, I am going to say the majority probably are mundane, are rational, are ter- of terrestrial origin. Mm. But in the, just the same way as UFOs, it's this, it's this small amount that are beyond explanation. And and Doctor Liz, and do, now Doctor Liz is an interesting character. He's worked with a lot of people uh with these implants Mm. so yeah sorry i just i I didn't want to stop you train of thought but i I just i saw that parallel with what you were saying and i thought that was an interesting it's worth mentioning yes there there are all
1: sorts of people out there who claim to have been abducted by aliens that they've had something implanted into them which when removed um turns out to be very mundane and terrestrial in origin a shade of glass or a my my sister-in-law got Mm. a bit of um it was a fragment of a cd in her eyeball um i think yeah, a broken cd in the road a truck went over it, a splinter flew up well, she didn't know what it was um but um a, as a truck went past something flew up and went in her eye and it took them weeks to find it she saw all sorts of specialists who could see nothing it was eventually she saw her gp and it was he what he pulled out was a fragment of a a, a sliver from a broken CD stuck in her eyeball. So yeah, we can get we get these fragments well, with us in us everywhere. But um, patient seventeen had a very strange object. Well,
0: well, well, well just to be, before you go into that, mm. be, before you go into that, um, <laughs> there's another side to this that actually I think it bears out discussing because we've talked about all these mundane things. How many times do you think there has been something extraordinary, something not mm. mundane, that has been passed off as being mundane? Kind of like the opposite of the the you know people who oh I believe the truth is out there. Oh look, there's a there's a duck that I can't readily identify as a duck flying through the sky, so mm. it must be a UFO. It must be. A, you, you get those extremists, but you also get the opposite extremists who will. See something really strange and otherworldly, and ascribe a terrestrial explanation to it, even when it's not warranted and I wonder if that's the case with some of these implants as well, if some of them um, are just being passed off as oh, it 's probably just a metal splinter
1: could could very well be. I read an extraordinary statistic that said something like more than more than half the world or half the half the people surveyed believed in ufos believed in extraterrestrials but as you say just as there are people who are willing to ascribe ascribe um, extraterrestrial origins to something they can't immediately explain um there are just as many people who might see something mm-hmm. extraterrestrial and will just well they will they will they will just find a, a, something that fits they will find um a, a, an excuse that that fits something that you know even if, if they see something in the sky, they can't describe the thing well it it must be some kind of weather phenomenon or something like that something i so, something i don't understand, yes, but not not extraterrestrial it's just something a bit odd,
0: yeah, or even to the point of saying you know i've no idea what that is, but I know what it's not mm. well, how can you know what it isn't if you don't know what it is yes but I, I think you know it's it's a lot like politics, people have their opinions. And then they go out of their way to just confirm that the opinion they've already got. And yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I read that same statistic that more than half of people. I, I don't know. I, I've, mm. it's probably half or somewhere thereabouts. I mean, it's such a binary that mm. you know, you either believe in UFOs or you don't. Um, yeah, I could believe half. I don't know about more than half.
1: I think there's an know, awful lot of rational people, it, uh, people are are on the believe. side of less than. Um, well, I think if you put it to well, most people... And um, um, uh, why not? I I'm, I'm a rational person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you put it to most people, especially someone with a, a scientific background, and say, do you really believe that this planet, of all the billions of planets millions of solar systems millions of galaxies in the universe that this is the only one with any kind of life on it do you do you really believe that and the only one that's developed any kind of capability for leaving our orbit getting leaving our planet albeit not to go very far or or certainly not in man travel well do you really believe that i think most most people if you rationalize it they would say well statistically, yeah, there's bound to be life elsewhere in the universe. Somewhere.
0: Yeah, but it's not just a question of life, is it? I, I think we might have mentioned this on a, a previous episode. It's it's, it's not just life. I think the idea of life elsewhere in the universe is pretty much guaranteed now. Um, hmm. Statistically speaking, it would be... Incredible if there isn't. It would be beyond belief. Yeah. Um, but it's not just life. It's it's intelligent, sentient life. It's intelligent, mm. sentient life that is technologically advanced enough, like you say, to to leave their own planet. Mm. But technologically advanced, not in, just to leave their own planet, but to travel the incredible distance. I mean, our nearest planet is a ridiculous i mean it's it, so it's breaking the light barrier that's the issue if if we're talking about um alien civilizations in our galaxy at this moment in time on other planets getting mm. here well either they have found a way of breaking the light barrier which um is problematic at best mm. um or they come from somewhere else. They come from another Perhaps, dimension uh, or through a
1: wormhole or something like that. Or, you know. Or,
0: uh, or time travel, or, yeah. which, you know, could also be a thing for, you know, light speed travel. But, uh, yeah. Well, but um, we're, we're not quantum physicists.
1: <laughs> time travel would be necessary um, if you're going to travel. I mean, two things I read. One, if, if you're going to travel inter, you know, interstellar going to travel from one star system to another if you can't travel at the speed of light don't bother setting off because it'll take generations to get there um Mm. and secondly you will need some kind of time machine which Stephen Hawking himself said is perfectly possible um with the restriction that if you built a time machine it wouldn't be possible to go further back in time than before the time machine was built so if you traveled a long way into the future you would be able to get back to the present day with your time machine. And you would need to, because if you travelled at light speed, suppose you travel to Alpha Centauri, which is what is it, a light year away. I think it's one light year. And
0: then uh, the, the nearest actual planet to Earth is four light years away. Okay, suppose you traveled to this
1: four light years away, spent a bit of time there, then traveled four light years back. Well, you might have, in, in your time, you might have experienced nine years, but when you get back to Earth, you might find that's been experienced as 90 years because of the way that you know, time changes as you go yeah, the speed. It's quantum physics, which. Yes, the t- I'm not going to t- understand. D- that's d- the. Um... Yeah, that
0: if it's you're going new travel, in theory of relativity isn't yeah, it yeah if you're going
1: yeah. to, it's it's relativity it's quantum mechanics it's, it's it's well quantum mechanics i know is the study of the way objects behave at the speed of light or close to the speed of light and time works differently so although you might have been gone 9 years on your journey to the nearest planet and back by the time you get back um, the people who were waiting for your report would be long dead you know, because I don't know, mm. a, a much greater period of time would have passed. Um, your children will be, you know, old age pensioners, or or, or even, you know, their their children will be old age pensioners in in that in that nine years you've experienced. So that's when you would need the time machine as as you as you return to take you back to somewhere near the time when you set off.
0: Yes. So yes. Yes. I mean, that's the the, the plot of Planish of the Apes, mm. isn't it? <laughs>
1: But if Stephen Hawking says that's possible, then I'm prepared to accept that. I'm prepared to take that. I'm not going to argue with it.
0: No, no. Um, I've also heard the theory that if time travel will ever exist in the future, then it exists at all points in time. Um, unless Which is an
1: interesting. Uh, unless you apply... Um, Stephen Hawking's restriction which is that you know if, if at some point in the future someone built a time machine they wouldn't be able to go back to a time before that time machine existed they would be able to go way into the future at light speed and then come back to somewhere near when they set off using their time machine but they wouldn't be able to go back to a time you wouldn't be able to go back to the dinosaurs with your
0: time machine Yeah, I'll be honest, that doesn't make much sense to me, but I'm not even going to claim to know <laughs> anywhere near no, enough I, I to drown I, I
1: think it. all he was suggesting was that you can counteract this effect of, of time passing differently when you're travelling at light speeds, that you can mitigate that when you come right. back, so that you know, only roughly the time you've been okay. away has passed, or even less time. Um, you might even be able to arrive before you set off.
0: Hmm. Oh, well, I don't know. We've no, no, digressed know ever so slightly there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, we, we keep... Um, um, this issue Yeah, so, uh, Dr. Lears, yeah. And patient 17. Now, he removed a, an object from a patient um, which had some had some strange qualities... Um, what they call the extraterrestrial implant, was made of a total of 36 elements. Now, I don't know how many elements a piece of nanotechnology would normally be made up of, assuming it's made out of several different compounds. Um,
0: I I don't know how many elements might. And bear in mind... for reference we're talking about something that is about the size of an iron filing mm. but that's nanotechnology you know, we're talking I mean, about was... a, a minuscule piece of metal
1: yeah so if you look at something like look at something like your smartphone which is a computer um and that's way way mm. smaller than people could have imagined 50 or 60 years ago the amount of processing power in your yes. phone would have filled a building in the 1950s Mm. and probably more um there's more pattern there's more processing pattern so we we, we, the idea of reducing things in size is something we're uh, accepted with i don't know how many different elements there are in all the components that make up my phone but i can accept that phones the only restriction on their size is to make them usable to someone with two normal size hands that if it was possible you could reduce it to something to a that that amount of power could be reduced to something the size of an iron filing in the future and implanted into someone yes um but it's made up of although it's very very tiny it's made up of lots of comp- lots of even tinier components so i don't know if maybe i'm getting off the track here but basically there were, there were 36 elements I'm, su- I'm assuming it wasn't one substance that was made of a total of 36 elements it was whatever it was there were 36 elements in there but they you know it's too small to really see that
0: well if it if it was a single substance that would make it an alloy. Mm. but 36 elements um not natural mm. i mean the fact is 36 elements means it's not natural no but um
1: how many how many elements would you normally have in a compound two or three Air is two elements.
0: Probably, I would have thought, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah?
0: Yeah. Well, water yeah, is two, elements. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not a metallurgist, but... <laughs> yeah. I don't know how but many you elements... you wouldn't it. expect 36, not in something... Like, you, you're talking millimetres mm. in size. No, you wouldn't expect 36 different
1: elements. Yeah, so Dr. Lear also shared in his documentary how the isotopic ratios of zinc-64 and zinc-66 would indicate that these elements could not have been made possible from elements found here on Earth. Yeah. Um, The case against that, of course, is that Roger... Because of isotopic decay. (laughs) Yes, because of isotopic decay. But um, um, the argument against that is also Dr. Lear was apparently very stringent when it came to sharing his research, um, which never sits very well in the scientific world. Which is okay. So is that effectively saying, well, he claims to have found this thing with 36 elements in it, including this improbable mix of zinc-64 and zinc-66, but refused to show it? Said, no, I've got it hidden away somewhere. I've got it tucked away and you can't see
0: it. Well, I... Uh, so... Um I'm putting myself in his shoes now. He's he's discovered this and he's... He would want... He would want to keep it as protection, basically. Mm. He wouldn't want to... Um, you know, if you're stumbling onto something, if you've got the smoking gun, you're not going to put it out for the world to just do whatever it wants with it.
1: Hmm.
0: You're gonna need that for for your own protection. Yeah. But you know, to get this information about it being thirty six elements, to get the isotopic ratios, um he's not working on his own. And there no. would be lab reports. And what have you? So um, it's not that his story oh, I'm amazed hasn't been corroborated identify, by people. Um, it has every step of the way. Yeah, but he, he really well.
1: I, I'm amazed that he was he was able to identify something which actually
0: isn't possible on our world. Well, that wasn't his conclusion. That was the conclusion of the lab that studied it. It's like when they do carbon dating on Hmm. things. Um, the, The way they do that is... They know what's happened in the history of our planet. Kind of in terms of the atmosphere and things like that. And those things have an effect on the materials on this planet oh. if let's say um, I mean, it's why you can't carbon date meteorites is because they haven't been exposed to our atmosphere for, for long enough to actually get a proper reading oh. or they might have been affected in an accelerated way or decelerated way oh. by other factors so you know I, I think it's of a similar sort of thing to that, as I understand it. So yeah, it can show, there are ways of showing that something did not come from this planet. Mm. I don't think it's terribly difficult.
1: No, but of course, um, there are things that come from outside this planet. I mean, we, we get meteorites and comets, most of them burn up in the atmosphere, but occasionally they do strike and they, they will bring extraterrestrial material with them. And it might Absolutely. shatter an impact. That, that could leave stuff lying around that someone could get lodged into. So, I don't think it specifies where patient 17 had this, had this implant. It
0: was in his leg.
1: In, in his leg, yes.
0: Yeah. It was in his mm. leg. But I mean, patient 17 is a very, very, very famous case amongst ufologists. Um, well, I
1: think, I think a, a film's been made about it, hasn't it? Certainly books have been written about patient 17.
0: There's a documentary, Uh, there is a documentary, I've forgotten the name of it now, Mm. I know I saw it some time ago, but yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, the report I'm reading goes into all sorts of reasons why people um, are ready to believe in this, Um, it goes into the psychology the psychology of it, the readiness to believe yeah. it. And, and also nothing to, nothing to counter it.
0: Yeah, it, it's important to look at um, why things might be happening and, you know, what to explore oh. the whole mundane reason, you know, reasoning behind yeah.
1: it. And, and wasn't there a suggestion that this, this object that was removed from patient 17 was emitting some kind of signal? Which suggested that it could you, know, can, you could conjecture that it's um, a tracking device
0: or a communications device tracking, communication um, monitoring it, it, there's whole I mean you' speculate till the cows come mm. home about what it's actually for. Um but without sort of interpreting the signal
1: mm. now there's um this the history of these these implants seems to go back a long way on wikipedia um, There was someone writing in Magonia magazine um says that the the history can be traced back to. Uh, a March 1957 Long John Nabal radio show interview with a ufologist, John Robinson, and he recounted a, a neighbor's claim that they'd been kidnapped by aliens in 1938 and um, had been kept subdued by what he called small earphones placed behind his ears. Um, mm. There was a, a lady from Massachusetts, Betty Andreason, um who claimed that the aliens had implanted a device in her nose. Um, yeah. Someone else, um, John E. Mack, in his book Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens, he examined a, a small wiry object between half an inch and three quarters of an inch long. I mean, an ingrowing hair. Um, given to him by a 24-year-old woman who claimed it came out of her nose. Following an abduction, so yes, it goes back to. Well, as I say, it 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 became it came into the media in the fifties, but um, people were coming forward saying they'd had experiences in the nineteen thirties with these devices being implanted into them by by aliens. I suppose in in the nineteen thirties. I don't know how much people thought about UFOs and the possibility of visitors from another. Certainly, um, there was um, HG Wells' um, War of yeah. the Worlds. Which
0: it, it was definitely starting to come into the cultural um, zeitgeist, and, and
1: certainly the Orson Wells radio broadcast, the notorious broadcast, in was it 1938? Mm. Um,
0: uh, so, I can't remember when, but yeah. Yeah, that so time, so, the, so the,
1: the whole thing about aliens was, it was a thing then. I mean, it became more sort of popular oh, than yeah. in the 1950s, the 1960s. If you look at um, if you look at horror movies from the 1950s, suddenly all the old Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman—they've all been replaced by monsters from outer space.
0: It's the new supernatural. It was the new. Absolutely. It was the new supernatural.
1: Yes, the new bogeyman. I
0: mean, it's. It's one of the reasons why I'm I'm very hesitant to use words like alien mm. or spaceships um, because there might be a different explanation um, and it might be something that's been with us throughout sort of human history, mm. just been having different things ascribed to it, and just because we now think in terms of aliens from another planet and you know mm. spacecraft and what have you doesn't mean to say that that is the right answer. No, as well like the word otherworldly. Yes, I mean it was. Was it? <laughs> I think mean, is you know. Was it
1: the Roswell incident? Certainly in the 1940s, when a, a U.S. Air Force pilot first described seeing a flying saucer, and that's when flying saucer first came into the, the kind of lexicon. And I suppose um, popular culture adapted to that, so suddenly all these spacecraft had to look like flying saucers.
0: Um, Yeah, there's an element of that, although there is uh, evidence to suggest, you know, you talk about um, some of the gods of ancient times coming in on flying golden discs, um, or, you know, riding their shields down from the sky, or Mm. or coming in on burning chariots, yeah, anyway you know but that's a whole <laughs> that's a that's a different episode mm. that we will be covering at some point <laughs> um but but i i i can see very easily the possibility that where we're talking about these implants that there have been with us throughout human history, like, like so many other facets of UFO culture, like the cattle mm. mutilations that we've talked about, like like abductions, like crop circles, you know, that, that there is just a historical precedent going back hundreds, perhaps thousands of years. It's only just now that we would actually be able to have an awareness of them culturally. Mm. You know, an individual might, Pull a piece of metal out the leg. But if that's a thousand years ago, they're not going to know how many elements it had. No. But they'll know it's something that they've never seen before.
1: If they, if they have the main... Pieces to, of metal?
0: Yeah. thousand years ago, I mean, sh- swords, shields, armour, you know, mm. they had metal. Um... So, you know, it, it's much easier to ascribe a more rational mm. explanation. But to. as you say, we, oh, I've got a splinter of metal. We, we might, be more,
1: we might be more scientific and rational, but we're still superstitious. People still believe in ghosts and where they would have attributed things to fairies or, or werewolves or whatever. And we now attribute them to either UFOs or, or mental illness, depending on which side of the argument you're, 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 you're sitting.
0: yeah, uh, Absolutely absolutely Um, yeah but what I what I don't understand is it is very clear that these things exist that there are a substantial number of them that cannot be explained rationally and reasonably Mm. so why is the legitimate scientific world at large not Giving any credence to it, not giving any attention to it.
1: Um, I suppose the whole subject of UFOs hasn't received much in the way of, of scientific study. It's been a, a fringe oh. interest. Um, and uh, perhaps
0: it T- take UFOs out of it. Take, uh, like forget that completely mm. for one moment, and you just have this phenomenon where people have unexplained pieces of metal in their bodies well if, i mean that's that's worth exploring it, isn't it that's worth investigating if you discover a new element or if you
1: discovered um a compound that had um a radic- a, a whole new compound made of you know, thirty six elements or whatever it is thirty six elements yeah then, um, something you know, ridiculous
0: like that yeah there
1: there are scientific awards for that kind of thing the scientists always want to be you know discovering something new or disproving something that's been accepted. Um, that, that's that's how they that's how they roll um, yeah. but yeah I, th- I think um, anything suggestive of um, UFOs or extraterrestrial encounters I, I can imagine there is a, a, um, a stigma attached to it in the scientific community
0: there absolutely is 100% but, but- but that's what I'm saying is there doesn't have to I mean we're talking all right, we're talking about these things on this show because there is the speculation that they have been implanted. But but if you take that speculation and that's all it is mm. out of that equation, there is a legitimate phenomenon that doesn't have an explanation. Mm. Yeah yeah, I just think I, I find it odd that science and you would have thought they'd want the opportunity if they want to discredit UFOs. Great, come up with a really legitimate explanation then. You know, as as scientists, you want to discredit aliens and UFOs. Great, you know, fine. If you, <laughs> I'd be, well, I don't know, if I'd be happy to have evidence tomorrow. But you know, I would certainly be open to evidence tomorrow that it's all absolutely nonsense. As long as it was legitimate evidence. Mm. But, you know, I've been looking for answers but, most of my life. So, but I
1: think that would be disbelieved as much as people do believe in UFOs. If you suddenly had a message that said, no, there is no other life anywhere else in the universe, um, there's no way that we could ever be visited by someone from another planet or from another dimension, um, I think that would be quite depressing. What, we're, you mean we're all alone in this massive
0: it, it downerous
1: would. <laughs> universe and you just proved it.
0: it? It would be, it would be, yeah, it would be a bit of a downer but hmm. at the same time, I don't know, what, what you seem to have is all these bits and pieces of evidence like the implants and and why have you coming forward and saying, "Look, here's the thing to look at. Here's the thing to explore." And they're just saying, "No, no, no. We're not going to explore. We're not going to provide you with evidence that you're talking nonsense. But we know you're talking nonsense." Mm. You know, why it's that? like it's like the the fantasy, the 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 reaching for an answer, the the faith, if you like, is mm. on the side of the debunkers, the decryers, even because they're not actually debunking. They're just saying no.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course once you get into the, the world of ufology you get into the world of conspiracies and you do get into mixing with some very very strange and sometimes very dangerous people now i, I remember decades ago when david ike was being interviewed by i think it was terry wogan on television and mm. he turned up in his in his um right. trademark shell suit which was his thing in the Late eighties, early nineties, and he was ridiculed. He was soundly ridiculed, and he yeah. had all these, all these theories about how um, we were, we had been infiltrated by shape-shifting aliens who are actually lizards. So the royal family are lizards, um, but they can take on the appearance of humans. He was soundly laughed at, but um, a lot of people believe that now. Far more people believe in this kind of that we have been infiltrated by by aliens. We are controlled by people from another planet. Um, and of course, and then you get, and that's when you get into the territory where you're talking to people like the the Flat Earth Society. And as you start talking to a flat earther, it's not it's not long before you're on the subject of um Holocaust denial, for instance. You know, all these things. are kind mm. of once you get into the world of conspiracy theories, you, you get into the world of the extreme right. Um, people will resist the. We're, we're in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic at the moment. Um, we're all locked down. Um, they know that it, what was thought to be a fringe movement, the anti vaxxer movement, is now. It, it seems to be a significant number of people who will refuse a vaccine if one becomes available. You know,
0: in the United States, mm. you know, yes,
1: maybe maybe a third of the population will refuse it
0: because they believe well, closer that closer to home, even
1: closer to home, maybe mm. the numbers maybe a bit smaller, but still I don't know. still. <laughs>
0: I've experienced quite a number of people who um, who I've uh, had some debates with. I, I mean, there are all sorts so of say. reasons not to trust our current
1: government who have been blundering and incompetent and dishonest, have just lied all the time about everything. Um, there will be lots of reasons to think that what they produce very, very hurriedly, something that scientists have said would take years to develop, they suddenly produce within a few months and mm. say, there you go, take this. There's a good reason to think hang on a sec this, is this actually safe <laughs> not that there's some evil agenda behind yes. it um, the, no, they're not they're not trying to put something in my body to control my thoughts or whatever or track me but they're just trying to give me something to make me go back to work um, and, and not care about the danger
0: a, a panacea mm. yeah. that's it mm. well we've we've gotten off track quite a lot there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's let's summarize our thoughts on alien implants um now, as I said quite early on i'm I'm of the opinion that yes, there might be a mundane explanation for a lot of them, but um there are enough of them and there's there's an awful lot of cases i mean we we sort of dwelled on the one case of patient seventeen mm. there are hundreds thousands of cases um that are strange and, and defy explanation. Um, whether they are tracking devices from alien abduction, I think there is an association with otherworldly visitors. Um, <laughs> I can definitely see that because there is too much coincidental evidence of people being abducted and then having implants, like claiming to have implants, and then being scanned, and then them being found you know um oh. but there's no way they could have known where it was without you know imaging scanners and things like that so there's there's too many cases of that for for it to be a coincidence i'm i think there is a case to say that uh, yeah a lot of them are otherworldly in origin um what's your take on it um i want to keep an
1: open mind i mean i, I do accept that yeah you know, a lot of people have come forward there's an awful lot of people out there who are ufologists who have you might say an interest you could say an obsession with um ufos and all sorts of exotic things that, that go with it they 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 wear tinfoil hats they will claim to have been abducted they will claim to have, have been given alien implants um and a lot of these that will turn out to be a mundane splinter or maybe nothing at all um but yes there are these few cases patient 17 being um probably the most famous case, well, I, I encounter, but a case in point where um, a very unusual object was removed. Um, it was sent to a, a laboratory in, in New Hampshire for testing, and it found that it contained these rare earth elements, these 36 elements, including these impossible combinations of zinc 64 and 66, and also seemed to be admitting electromagnetic frequencies, suggesting that it could be possibly some kind of tracking device or communications device, so I, I can't explain it, it's something, it might be extraterrestrial, or it could be something terrestrial that we just don't know about yet, but I'm sure the scientists know what, it's It's just, it's it's very strange, um, I can't explain it away, but um yeah, I'm not sure I can fully go along with saying this guy was kidnapped by aliens and had something implanted into. But then I can't say that he wasn't. Okay,
0: I'm sitting on the fence so again. There it? you have it. Mm. <laughs> well, the jury remains out on alien implants. Then, so what do you think? Uh, do uh, drop as a. Drop us a tweet, drop us a message on Facebook. Uh, let us know what you think about alien implants. Have you had one yourself? Uh, do you think? Do share your stories uh, with us. We'll, we'll come, we'll come out with a
1: pair of tweezers and uh, and a penknife. <laughs> see, see if we can dig it <laughs> <that> out.
0: <laughs> tweezers and a penknife. we will not come around with tweezers and a penknife, knife just to be clear <laughs> <laughs> but yeah don't forget to join us next time when we will be going back in time to the 1936 ufo crash in the black forest join us then aliens explored is a
1: faecal films production in association with juicy falls Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on AliensExplored.com.